You're listening to Wander and Roam. Hamish. Yeah? Where do you think these bees could be leading you? You know, that's a question I try not to ask myself. If I look into where I'm going and I start to form ideas about what it might be, well, on the one hand, I might be disappointed, and on the other hand, I might be filled with fear and anxiety because what if it's someplace bad? So instead, I like to follow the bees and just say, this is fine, this is fine. Although if I'm being honest, I think maybe a volcano. That's uh, quite the fiery end. Well, we don't have to die there, but yeah, sure. Somewhere in the desert, miles from anywhere, a radiant basin of glass reflects the burning sunlight into a blinding column shooting into the sky. Our heroes shade their eyes as they look down upon what looks like a city of tents and dirty pilgrims, all circled around a massive chunk of stone and metal, the remains of an ancient meteor. Welcome to the glittering crater. Wow. Y'all, y'all seeing this? I've never seen anything like this. I can't see it for very long. Man, this kind of hurts. It burns the eyes. It hurts a lot. Do we, uh, do we go check it out? <laughs> I want to see what's up with those tents and that crater. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah, why would anybody want to pitch a tent next to somewhere where it hurts to see? The group descends into the valley outside of the crater. They see a lot of people walking around and they all have strange dark glasses, the likes of which our heroes have never seen before. Ooh, we should look at getting some of those glasses. Yeah, it looks like they're not having a problem with the light. I, I can't see three feet in front of me. Excuse me, sir. Uh, where do we get some glasses? Oh, uh, you're, not, you're looking for some glasses, are you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My name's Dusky Dingo, and you, you've come to the right place, mate. Are you a glasses vendor? Oh, yeah, mate. You know, I was the one who uh, created these sunnies. Oh, that's most excellent. How much do you charge for these sunnies? What do you got on you? Um, a number of nickels. Yeah, I'll take them. All of them? Yeah. Do you think these are cheap to manufacture? Are they? Mm. I'm not willing to part with all of my nickels, but I am quite fond of your voice. Why don't you follow us around for the entirety of our duration here? Oh, uh, no, I, I I, couldn't. You know, I've. <laughs> when you run an establishment like this, you know, you can't just leave it. <laughs> Hamish walks up and puts a paw on the dingo's shoulder, and he says, You know, I think it's just wonderful whenever anyone gets off a prison island and makes a laugh for himself. I've been told that that's uh, pretty cool. I've never been there myself. So, you know, people always ask me, Dusky, where'd you get the accent? My mum gave it to me, obviously. On Prison Island? Nah, we just called it home. How does 20 nickels for four sets of sunnies grab you? Whew. You know, you, you drive a hard bargain, but I'll take it. There you are, good friend. Dusky hands a pair of sunnies to each of our heroes. Aldern takes off his glasses and replaces them with sunnies. Come on now, Aldern, think some sense, and, like, you're taking off your 
glasses to, so that you can see, but when you put on the sunnies without your glasses... That's where you're wrong. You see, I've got a knack for these kinds of things. These, these are prescription. These, these sunnies that you just took off the rack are prescription for my friend? Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> I've, like I said, I've got a knack. I can see remarkably well. Hey. Good job, friend. You're welcome. Now never come back to my shop ever again. <laughs> Dusky reaches up and pulls down a blind that covers up his shop. When he lets go of the pull, it rolls back up, leaving nothing behind at all. Mm, how mysterious. What a character. <laughs> I'm going to miss his voice. Yeah, that was kind of weird, huh? <laughs> I think we may have been taken. I mean, look at all these. And Hamish points, and there are a number of stands that they're walking past now, handing out smoked glasses. Well, shoot. Yes, we hand these out for free for every traveler who comes here. Ah, uh, well, thank you, dirty pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a shower in a long time. It's hard to come by in the desert. No, it seems like that's sort of a festival. Yeah, it's pretty great. What are you doing here? Well, we're here to celebrate the, the burning guy. The burning guy. Burning guy. Burning guy. Yeah, burning guy. It's the biggest music festival here at the hearth. Oh, do you do you actually set a person on fire? No, no, no. We haven't done that in a long time. See, this is the one time of year where the sun perfectly aligns with the crater, and it creates a giant beam that shoots into the sky, and it burns the man in the sky. You know, the man in the sky. I've heard of the man in the sky. Yeah, just burns him right up. Why does he stay directly above the crater? Ask the stars. I don't know. I didn't create the universe. Okay, I'll take your word for that, but I will. I've got my eye on you. You know, someone tells me they didn't create the universe. I start wondering why. Why don't we go in and hear some of this music from the festival? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> As the group continues in, the sound of music begins to grow louder and louder. A crowd has gathered in front of a makeshift wooden stage, and there are people passing around canteens filled with various libations. Up on the stage is a raven, and he's singing a song. was a I don't think I've ever heard nothing like that what a set of lungs on that bird wow that that raven's pretty talented the group looks up from the stage and standing on a dune is an old crew shaking his head hey sir you up there I don't know that he'll be able to hear us I mean this uh, concert's pretty loud uh Maybe we should just go up there and talk to him. I'm going to give it another try. Okay. Hey, sir, <laughs> you up there. Oh, I... And the old crew turns around and walks into a hut on the dune. Oh. I think that was an invitation, to be honest. Which yeah, you know, be... he said, sir, and the Acknowledged. guy... Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It looks like he wants to be left alone. Sir, if you want to be left alone, 
Um, say something else. The group walks up the sand dune, leaving the concert behind, coming upon the hermit's hut. There is a sign on the door of the hut that says, go away. <laughs> Joke's on you. I can't read. <laughs> I'm sure it's merely a precaution. We're very personable. I think he'll want to talk to us. Yeah. Okay, I guess we just knock or something. That's probably a good idea. Raindrop will step forward and start knocking. Um, hey, sir, can we talk to you? What part of go away do you not understand? Oh, I thought you were telling the other people, the music folk, to go away. Are you not among the music folk? No, we are separate from the music folk. We're, we're just new in town. Hmm. New to Crater. Yeah, and if you open the door, you can see how sincere we look, sir. Sincerity, you say. And the door creaks open. Two weasel pilgrims, stacked one on top of the other, run by the door, throwing trash all around them. One of them screams, I'm never gonna leave! <sighs> the door slams shut again. No! No, 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 uh, sir, 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 that, that, those are not for a part of our group. Mm -mm. See, you didn't even see the sincerity. Come, come open the door one more time and see the sincerity. Mm. Raindrop will pick up the trash and just throw it down back in the crater. <laughs> Much see, better. See, we even so redistributed the garbage. Mm -hmm. The door to the hut opens and the old shrew steps out and his face is furious. And he says, who threw trash in the crater? He limps down towards the crater and gathers up the trash. I'm so sorry. I didn't think before my actions, so I'm going to go pick that up real quick. Don't trouble yourself. I got this. And Raindrop will uh, scurry back down into the crater and quickly pick up all the trash. Them younglings need to learn a bit of respect. Mm, yeah, you're absolutely right. Them younglings, uh, sometimes, <laughs> they're just uh, wild oats. Hmm. You know? Are these uh, folksy colloquialisms uh, doing anything for you? Nope. Two more dirty pilgrims run by, one with a long white beard and a cane. He yells, Hey, old man, suck on this! <laughs> Throws an egg at him. The egg splats against the shrew's face, and he heaves a heavy sigh. <sighs> hey, hey! Squeakers turns to the guy with the long white beard and says, Hey, that wasn't very nice. No. <laughs> well, there's not, well, there's not much I can do beyond that. So, I'm never going to die. <laughs> and he jumps down and slides down the edge of the crater. Oh, only two more days. And the old shrew limps back towards the cottage. Squeakers tries to catch up with the hermit, and as he's limping back, Squeakers says, Hey, uh, two more days? What, what happens in two more days? In two days, these dirty pilgrims turn around, pack up, and go home until next year when they come back for their week-long festival. Wow, that's, uh, that's really frustrating. It sounds like uh, they're really disturbing you here. Hmm. They come for the alignment of the sun and the mirror, but they care nothing for me or for the tiny god of the mirror. 
There's a tiny god down there? There is. You know, I guess that makes sense. I mean, this place is kind of weird looking, and that's kind of where gods like to hang out. Right, Aldern? That's right. And your duckling friend threw trash in the home of the god of the mirror. Guys, guys, I, I, I finished picking up the trash. There was other stuff that people just dropping a lot of things. So I, I gathered that too. Um, I don't know what to do with it. That work must have made you mighty thirsty. Now that you mention it, it is really hot. Why don't you all come in for some iced tea? <gasps> Squeakers looks back over his shoulder towards the group and mouths the words, Sincerity. Entering the small cottage, it's very bare bones. There is a cot in the corner, a wooden table in the center, and two stools. And those are the only things within the house. You'll forgive me if I take a stool. One of you's welcome to the cot. One to the other stool and the other two can stand or sit on the floor. Oh, well, thank you for the permission. You're welcome. Now, uh, I got a question for you. Mm. Uh, it sounds like you've been living here a while, haven't you? For many years. So, when all of them dirty, stinky, rotten pilgrims are hanging out for uh, the roasting of, like, the sky guy or whatever, is that, like, a legit thing, or is that something that they're just making up? Yeah, is there a guy in the sky? No, I don't believe there is. One day, they all sat down on a patch of mushrooms, and, well, when they stood up and looked up in the sky... They swear they saw a man up there being burned by the sun. But I've never seen anything like that. You know, that's mighty interesting. It just seems like there's a lot going on here for it to just be like a bunch of nothing, you know what I mean? The old shrew sets down a glass of iced tea in front of each of them. Squeakers turns to the group and whispers, Did any of you see a fridge in here? Like, where did he get this? It's got ice cubes in it and everything. There's condensation on the outside. Well, that would be the small and forgotten god of the cold. Oh, he can For being so old, he has really good hearing. I haven't met a ton of caretakers in my time, basically just Aldern, but like, this guy's real scary. His intensity. Ferocious. Like Aldern's gods, like, yeah, he's got gods with him, but it's always like, oh, this is Jubilee, the god of a cotton candy. Yeah, or like, this is Herbalite, the god of pyramids or whatever. This one, though, this this fella. Yeah, he's got just like kind of the one thing going on, and it's like... He's, he's, he's got a, yeah, a level of intensity yeah. that... Kind of rivals the light outside, if, if I'm being honest. And maybe that's like a metaphor or something. But uh, I, I don't want to think about it too hard. You know, he has been staring at you without blinking this entire time. Yeah, that, okay. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. So, uh, thank you for the iced tea. You're most welcome. When you've finished, you are free to go. You mentioned that there was a small and forgotten god of here. Um, Does he, or they live with you, or... Where does this god reside? Because Aldrin carries his around in his pockets. The old Drew steps over to a side table 
and holds out a small wooden box. And as he opens it up, the air fills with an icy haze. And from within the haze, poke two tiny little eyes. Oh, hello? The haze composes itself into a small spherical form and rolls towards Raindrop. I haven't met him long, but I would definitely die for this little guy. Hi! Um, shoots out a hand. The cold is almost too much to bear. Ah! Icy burn. Oh, oh, uh, uh, dang. Normally, with a burn, you'd want to put something cold on it, but I don't think that would help this time. You'd best not to touch them. Sorry, bud. It's more for your own safety than, than for his. Understandable. Mm. Well, it was great meeting you, little fella. It blinks at you and then disappears with a pop, and the lid of the box closes. <laughs> what a delightful little encounter. Uh, all right, sir, uh, we appreciate your time and the tea, but we're going to go figure out this whole uh, tiny god thing. What do you mean, figure it out? I don't know. I, I are guess. You, are you like that book nerd? <laughs> Are you here to study my god? Okay, hold up. First off, I have never read a book in my life, sir. So, write that down. But not in a book. Yeah, I won't read it. <laughs> but second off, you said that there's a a book nerd? One of them book learning types comes around here and slinks down into the middle of that crater and he tries to talk to this god and this god don't want to be talked to. I've tried and it just makes this crazy sound like shattering glass. Oh. We're pretty good at making people talk. That's very interesting. You know, I wasn't really invested in this whole, like, mirror thing. I thought this was just a natural phenomenon. But now, I think we gotta go find that nerd. I think we do. I was thinking that we should go find the god, but I see I'm outvoted. <laughs> to Let the us take a vote. <laughs> All in favor of nerds? Aye. 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 All in favor of the god? Aye. Let us speak with the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, democracy at work. <sighs> Look, um, I don't really care where you go, so long as it's not here. <laughs> the shrew opens the door and ushers you out into the blazing sun. Hey, just a moment. I don't think I caught your name. The name is Ibanez. Well, enough talk. Let's go. I'm looking for nerds. Anyone seen a nerd? Do you see a nerd that needs punching? Oh, no. We found a jock oh, oh, no. instead of a nerd. <laughs> I have been looking to punch that nerd all day. Who is this guy? I am the nerd puncher. Oh. Okay, but what's your name? My name is Punchy McNerd Punch. <laughs> and I am here to punch nerds. Your name's Punchy McNerd Punch? <laughs> Seems like my parents kind of knew what I'd get into. Of the McNerd Punches. You got something wrong with that? No. Nerd! I... <laughs> wow. 
You best punch him now. <laughs> I'm very clearly not a nerd. I'm a cowboy. I don't know. I don't think a cool person would wear a hat like that with boots like that. Squeakers turns to the rest of the group and says, You guys thought this was nerdy the whole time and you guys didn't tell me until just now? <laughs> Look, sometimes we don't tell the whole truth and that, that's a sort of a kindness. No, no, it's not nerdy. For you, it's genuine. That's who you are. Yeah, Aldrin's the nerd. <laughs> I've accepted it. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> yeah, take that, nerd! Punchy McNerd Punch fades back into the crowd. Man, on the one hand, that was cruel of him to punch a man so near to death. <laughs> but on the other hand, I can't fault a man for living his dream. It's not the first time I've been punched for being a nerd, and it won't be the last. Oh, God's willing. That <laughs> is mighty depressing. <laughs> Come on, let us see if we can find that, um... Nerd. <laughs> now don't wander off. Wander in Rome will be right back. Hey friends, Addison here. The 15th annual Grassroots Shakespeare Company Summer Tour is launching in late May. These tours are where Soren, Gary, Steve, and I met, and Wander in Rome would quite literally not exist without them. They'll be bringing Twelfth Night, Hamlet, and The Tempest to parks throughout Utah through late June. If you've somehow not seen a grassroots show before, these crowd-pleasing accessible performances are not to be missed. Grab some snacks, roll out a blanket on a warm summer's night, and see these spectacular, raucous productions with music by our very own Gary Argyle. Check out the schedule on Facebook. Say hi to Gary and the cast and let them know Wander in Rome sent you. What do we want the people to know, Danny? You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic. And we'd like to take you along for the ride. Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're, we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. Yeah. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new ep episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, Join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the group searches the concert grounds, a large group is formed around the stage of a lot of cool people wearing various jewels, 
that are all dazzling in the sun and they're dancing with their arms in the air like and they're swaying back and forth. And Squeakers turns to the group and says, I don't think that we're going to be finding any uh, nerds in this group. These all seem like pretty with it people. As he says this, a wave shoots through the crowd and another shrew wearing big, thick glasses and a pocket protector gets passed along crowd surfing on the arms of all of these concert goers. That's our nerd! Somebody please, somebody please come and get me! The crowd surfs him to the very back of the crowd and drops him on the ground. No, all the pens from my pocket protector fell out. I had them all color coordinated. Hey folks, I think you dropped something of yours and Hamish picks up the nerd and passes him back. No, no, please have mercy. I've never wanted to punch a nerd before, but this is a new nerd. As the nerd is being surfed around, you hear him yell, has anybody seen my trapper keeper? I seem to have lost it in the crowd. <laughs> the crowd once again rejects the nerd, this time passing him over to the trash and dumping him straight in. Oh, I found my trapper keeper. I will see you for the little guy. Shall we talk to him about the mirror god? I don't know, is nerdism catching? Yeah, is it contagious? You've been traveling with me for months. Yeah, and, and, I, and Hamish just called me a nerd. My point is, you've already caught it, nerd. <laughs> we have a terminal case of nerd. <laughs> I must be immune. Anyway, let's pull this fella out of the garbage. We walk over to the nerd, and his head is buried deep in the garbage, and his feet are kicking in the air. Somebody please help me. Oh, I really don't want to help him. All right, come on out, nerd. <laughs> uh, that's, not, that's not that guy who punched me, is it? Well, as long as we don't talk very loud, I don't think he'll come back. And Raindrop will walk over and just knock the trash can over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You, nerd. Y- yes? You have a name, or should I just call you nerd? Yeah, my, my name is... Is Books von Nerdington. <laughs> Hamish pushes him back in the trash. <laughs> no, we need him, Hamish. Come here, von Nerdington. And Books von Nerdington starts gathering up the papers that have fallen out of his trapper keeper, but he's doing it by bending over at the waist and picking it up. Oh no, there's a sign there, isn't there? And it says, kick me, dangling from his back. Aldern, I think that there are maybe forces at work here that are stronger than any of us. Hamish, I gotta be honest with you. I'm scared. Nerd, come here. <laughs> What's gotten into Aldern? Is Jock contagious too? He got punched once. He got punched once and now all of a sudden he turned into a puncher. Now, now, this may not be common knowledge, but the Jock actually is not the prime predator of the nerd. And what great tell would be hunting me? Nothing is more fatal to nerds than other nerds. Nerd, we have heard that you have done research on the god of the mirrors. Oh yes, I've been very hard at work researching this phenomenon. Oh, um, what, what could you tell us about? 
Oh, I can tell you a lot of things. Do you want me to start now? Or do you have time? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to grab coffee or something? You know, actually, having spoken with you, I think we would be better off meeting the god for ourselves. Why would you think that? I haven't even been able to talk to the god. What makes you think that hey, you'd hey, be hey, able hey. to? Hey, books, was it? Books von Nerdington. You have a very off-putting manner, Books von Nerdington. But, but I'm wearing my best tie. Yeah, well, it is a nice tie, but I'm afraid we're going to have to just cut straight to the point. Is there anything that we need to know about the God of the Mirror before we approach it? Oh, yes. Um, the big thing that uh, is a problem when you try to meet with the God of Mirrors is the uh... fact that... Uh, well, you see, when uh, when uh, you try to get too close to it, oh uh, the, the heat from all the mirrors uh, makes it so that it's very difficult to. Uh, uh, it makes it very difficult to. Uh, uh, it makes it As very difficult. As the nerd rambles, <laughs> <laughs> the group slowly backs into the crowd. Isn't it weird? I can't. I can't take it. I can't take it. Oh the my! Bolts. <gasps> I didn't realize that my mind was so fragile because meeting that man makes me want to rip my ears out of my head. Why don't we try to seek out the mirror god at night? Yeah, I didn't even know what that guy was even talking about, like trying to approach it or whatever. He never got to the point. I think if we try at night instead of during the day, we might have a better chance of meeting this god. Yeah, shut up, nerd. <laughs> But I do think that's a good plan. We should keep with that. Tears streaming down his face. Hamish crawls from the crowd, pulling himself claw by claw toward his friends. His eyes wide. Is he gone? The nerd. Is the nerd gone? Oh, hey, guys. I lost oh, you for my a God. minute, but I was able to catch up with you because... Uh... Oh, McNerd Punch. The bulldog. Punchy McNerd Punch emerges from the crowd. Oh no, not this guy again. Oh boy, I've been looking for this nerd all over. Come here. No, no. <laughs> Von Nerdington bolts into the crowd and McNerd Punch chases after him. Oh, I think we might be safe for a little bit, guys. <laughs> I need to wash my hands. I, I feel so dirty. You touch that nerd? <laughs> I tried not to. The sun sets and our heroes decide that now is the time to descend into the crater. They find a small pathway, the only remaining dirt path in between the sheer glass of the crater. All around them are reflections of stars and planets and cloudy nebulae. Wow, you can really see a long ways from these mirrors. That's uncanny. Truly remarkable. I can see why people would gather here, but it looks like all of the dirty pilgrims are asleep. Yeah, you know, as much as I appreciate that hermit, kind of seems lame that he's uh, trying to keep all this to himself. This is beautiful. As the gang approaches the center of the mirrored crater, they start to notice, right at the center, a reflection of a new constellation. It's a guy in the sky. Hey, Aldern, uh, you, kn you know about these constellations and stars and stuff. Which one's that one? I've read about them. This is a new one. I've never seen this before. 
As the group approaches the reflection of this new constellation, the stars that make up its eyes turn and look at the group. <gasps> oh, hello there, little fellow. Now, Aldrin, don't you think it might be a little bit disrespectful to refer to this man who is millions of miles wide as a little fellow? Oh, but this one, Aldrin gestures to the reflection in the ground, is a little fellow. He is a small and forgotten god. You the small and forgotten god of the mirror? The god of the mirrors begins flying around the crater, and it's a glorious sight to see as the reflection of the stars create different shapes and patterns and all new constellations. Hamish crouches down and reaches out to the reflection of the small god. He says, all right, well, supposing you are the small and forgotten god of the mirror, what do you do? The god looks back at Hamish and almost instantaneously the stars realign in the vague shape of Hamish. Oh, I don't like that. Hamish, what do you see? Well, I see sort of an outline of me. No, but what do you... What does it mean to you? Well, it fills me with fear. I don't... I don't think that... I need to sit down. And Hamish takes a seat. The stars scatter and then reform again into the man in the sky. Man, that's uh, that's pretty crazy what that thing did to you. Uh, you feeling okay, man? Can I be honest with you, Squeakers? You can always be honest with me, my friend. No, I do not feel okay. Squeakers walks over and says, well, can I at least uh, sit next to you? Uh, that's fine. Squeakers pops down next to him. Maybe you could talk to this god. Squeakers looks into the pool of glass, and the stars realign into the outline of Squeakers. Squeakers turns and says, I don't know why every time I get like something done like this, uh, they always make my nose look so big. <laughs> Guys, does my nose... Squeakers, sometimes we don't tell the whole truth, and that's a kindness. Maybe you can take this as a moment of more internal reflection. I hate that you made a pun while we're talking to the God of Mayors. I mean that quite literally. No, I think in this case, like, he, he's done nothing wrong. I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe the idea of a mirror and looking back at oneself, uh, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. At least, if not for melancholy. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty melancholy right now, too. <laughs> Raindrop, what do you see in the stars? Raindrop will approach the center and watch as the stars also form a duplicate of herself. And she will walk slowly around. And her double will walk with her. And then she gets the zoomies. And as she runs around the glass crater, her double follows. Well, might as well face this head on. And Hamish stands up and walks straight towards the remains of the meteorite at the center of the crater. Hamish approaches the meteorite. The feeling of fear that he feels is replaced with a strange euphoria. Huh. 
You know what? In this moment, I'm euphoric. Hamish extends a paw and with one single claw brushes the edge of the meteorite. There is a sound of shattering glass and all of the stars in the mirror blink out. Oh. Well, that's not very good. I mean, it felt great, but conceptually, I don't like that. My emotions are filled with joy and light, but, uh, you know, intellectually, I don't like that I've destroyed those beautiful constellations. I mean, maybe you just turned it off. Maybe, have you tried touching it again? Hamish pokes the meteorite again. The strange sound of glass cracking in reverse is heard. And the constellations reappear in the mirror. I want to try. <laughs> and Raindrop runs over and slaps a hand down in the center. As you slap a hand down towards the center, there's this strange feeling and Raindrop is pulled to the other side of a mirror and staring back at her friends from the bottom of the crater. Oh, oh, that's not good. I know just who to call. McNerd Punch. Yeah, do you find that nerd for me? Not that one, but come here, we need a punch. McNerd Punch walks down into the middle of the crater. Raindrop waves from the underside of the glass. Yeah, we're going to need you to punch that meteor real hard. You want me to break this remarkable work of art? Well, yeah, because our friend's trapped in there, so uh, we don't care about the work of art or How nothing. How did she get trapped in there? A couple things, McNerd Punch. Firstly, uh, all of this seems highly figurative and metaphorical, which could mean one or two things. One, it could mean that by punching it, you will not destroy it or... Option two could mean the meteor's a nerd. Meteor's a nerd, you say? Well, we only got one way to deal with nerds around here. And McNerd Punch pulls his fist back and drives it down into the meteor. With a mighty crack, the meteor is split completely symmetrically in two. And as it splits, Raindrop is ejected high into the sky. Sparks pour from the cracks in the meteor. That was the greatest punch I've ever done. Sparks grow into an enormous fountain, shooting in all directions, forming a column of light straight up into the sky. Raindrop arcs towards the edge of the crater, and just before she hits the edge, she smacks into squeakers, and they both slide down the glass until they're once again reunited with their friends at the center. The burning column stretches into the sky. A familiar outline begins to form in the sparks. It's a guy in the sky, but also the guy you saw down in the crater, and also a guy you felt in your heart. It looks as if he's gone home. Next week on Wander and Rome. Finn Fenheather shaded his eyes with his paw as he raised his head to look further down the dusty road. A slanted cart was pulled over to the side. One wheel popped off the axle, with a family of voles clamoring over each other, attempting to assess and suggest how to resolve this predicament. The weight around his neck seemed to be pulling him toward them, and the point pressed to his back, spurring him to help. 
music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com. <laughs>